Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. it's natalia and welcome back to unfiltered fashion talks today we have monica with us the long-awaited guest how are you today (laughs) i'm great how are you so happy to be here i am so good it is so nice to be talking to you today i saw you so recently too but you know (laughs) know. it's nice to catch up again (laughs) no i know i as you know i've watched your youtube videos way before i actually met you in person so this is also strange for me (laughs) i mean in a good way like i'm so happy i'm here and everything but i'm happy we met yes you know we're able to do this yeah no me too me too it's been so fun and i love like finding people like that too because i feel like i've had those moments where it's like i've followed somebody for so long and then out of nowhere they reach out to me and i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) we can be friends like this is so weird (laughs) It's so strange, especially since I never thought I would get this far in my like side hustle thing uh, where I would actually be meeting people that I'm watching and like aspired to be like. Yeah, (laughs) it's crazy. It's it's very unbelievable. It is. It's a a small world. But um, yeah, so let's just get into it for those who don't know who you are and stuff. Um, So yeah, give us like a little background on, you know, what you do and how we met I guess I don't know no I'll do that Uh, my name is Monica I am 26 years old I live in New Jersey and I'm first and foremost a software engineer which is kind of interesting but super fun one (laughs) I guess (laughs) but one of my main passions is uh fashion basically and sustainability and combining that in some ways so In 2019, I created my brand. It was called Monica's DIYs at the time because I kind of made everything from scrunchies to candles to little knickknacks here and there, Mm -hmm. mainly because I graduated college and needed something extra to fill my time. Yep. So I just started making random things. I found a sewing machine in my parents' old um, house and I was like, why not? Let me me just like try to pick this up again because I didn't know how to sew. I just, you know, never practiced. So I picked it up. I kind of liked it. It was kind of soothing to just, you know, be with my sewing machine, not to talk to anyone, just do my Mm -hmm. own thing. And then this really cool piece of clothing comes out, you know, out of all my hard work. So I thought that process was really cool. I started sewing more and more things for myself and for my family, my friends, and kind of gathered a a following on my Instagram that I created just to showcase things that I made. So I was like, Mm -hmm. I made it. I might as well show it to everyone. Right. And people started following me. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Mainly just friends and family. Um, But I decided, you know, if you like my stuff and I keep making it, I don't want to hoard everything that I make. (laughs) Maybe I'll try selling it. And people started buying my things. Again, all of this was very shocking. It was never my intention to get to the place where I am now. But now I am at a point where I do have um, a registered business called Monica's Collective. I sell all over the world now, all handmade apparel. Um, I still do candles and scrunchies and all things like that, but I like to focus on apparel now. And yeah, I guess I'm sustainable in that the way I source my materials is usually 
secondhand dead stock fabrics, uh, just other natural fibers and you know, anything I can get at the thrift store, I will get at the thrift store. Yes. Economically makes sense and sustainably yep. makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, that's a little about me. And, you know, it's it's only been three years, I guess, at this point. So mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, the most established brand in the world. I'm still growing a lot and still deciding what I want to be and I want, what I want to make of this. Because as mm-hmm. I said, I I am a software engineer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nine to five. I didn't, you know, let that go yet. I'm right. still, you know, working on both things at the same time. So yeah, I'm trying to see where I want this to go. But right now I'm just enjoying where I'm at. Yeah, no, I think that's pretty solid. Um, You've got a year on me. So like, you know, I've, I'm only <laughs> like not even technically two years in yet. I will be in yeah. next month. But like, <laughs> no, it's so interesting how some people will study this stuff or, and know from their childhood that they want to be a yeah. designer. They really want to be in the fashion industry. And then other people just pick it up later on. And mm-hmm. we all kind of end up around the same place. Literally, <laughs> and, yeah. Like, yeah. I, not to say that I'm as good as you, because I literally, I didn't. No, but it, it's. This, but... I know, like a lot of people that are like that, where it's like I'm the type of person that's like known forever that I wanted to do this. But there's plenty of people I've had on where it's like a later in life thing that they started, and it wasn't like yeah. like even in their like mid twenties or whatever. It's like, oh, let me take this up, and then it actually works out for them, and it's like crazy. Yeah. And I think it's like, thanks to people like you also who put out your life on the internet and yeah. <laughs> show other people like that you can do this. Like you, you right. like, openly say that you don't need a fashion degree to, yeah. to pick up, you know, sewing in general. So yeah, I mean, I just watched a lot of YouTube videos. I learned what I could. I mm-hmm. started meeting people who actually do this uh, for a living, started learning from them. And it's just, you know, a learning process, somewhat self-taught, mainly YouTube people. <laughs> I mean, it, that's that's pretty much self-taught, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible the kind of information is out there nowadays. Yeah. Though. Like, I will have an issue with my sewing machine, like it'll just break, and I won't know what's wrong. Mm. I'll Google like my type of model, whatever, what's going wrong, and then whole blog posts of literally exactly how to fix it. Literally, like, this is it's so easy to you know, learn nowadays. Yeah. I guess that's just how this all happened too. No. Yeah. But that's so true. That's why I always tell people, I'm like, you don't really need to go to fashion school because all the information is there, but you do have to look for it and be like, you know, on yourself to get on it and not everybody can. So, you know, some people do need school, but it's just like, there is so much out there. You can so easily learn on your own if you put the time and effort. you know? Yeah. I I really did put in a good amount of time because when I graduated in 2019, I you know, had friends that I would hang out with, but it gets tiring going out every single day to, you know, spending money on dinner. Right. And then that, that just, you know, becomes a little redundant. So mm-hmm. I did spend basically, you know, 6 p.m. until when I went to sleep every single day for a couple of years, just trying to learn right. all this stuff. Um, so it's doable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know, you know how much time people are willing to put in, but like I, I see so many other people doing it too. Yeah, yeah, no, it is very true. Um, do you have like specific YouTube channels that you watched or were is was it more just like typing in specific techniques and stuff and then clicking on the first one? YouTube channels I go for. It just started with me Googling things, but I noticed the same like four or five people would come up all the yeah. time who I think we all just yep. learned how to sew from. <laughs> it's the same people. I mean, I Kiana would come up all the time, who I think love her. You recently had on. <laughs> yeah. Um 
some I you just had her on I always mispronounce her name listen so I, I can't pronounce it. it either but I know okay. <laughs> yeah. see I always say Kachi but I know that's wrong because yeah. I know it's German and I know the ch is pronounced differently but <laughs> I will make a fool of myself if I try to pronounce it that way yeah so, so yeah you know watch a lot of her yeah stuff. she's really good Etsy a lot yeah, yeah. Uh, patterns from Etsy I just use all the time yep um but yeah just you know looking around and everyone's so helpful like people who make these yeah. videos genuinely really want you to learn it's so true the piece of apparel so yeah yeah no that is so true um I feel like the community of like sewing YouTube is like really really nice and very helpful like everybody's very open to like genuinely wanting to see you succeed which is so nice definitely and I also feel like there are a lot of I mean this is somewhat a stereotype somewhat mm. legit but a lot of moms know how to sew yeah. And we'll post a lot of videos. And I'm like, no, that's so awesome. Like my mom knows how to sew too. I don't know where she learned that from. Maybe her my mom, mom doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's such a good skill to have. And I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of people older than us ha- like know how to do it. Yeah. And for some reason it wasn't passed down to us in the same way it was to them. Mm-hmm. It's such an important skill because like if you're, you have a rip in your jeans or something, nowadays people will go out and buy a new pair. Right. That, that um, pair of jeans is just done. It ripped, it's old can't use Mm -hmm. it anymore but and when it comes to sustainability you know if you knew how to make those little fixes it would take you maybe 10-15 minutes and you would feel a little bit of pride in the fact that you were able to you know save (laughs) your favorite pair yeah and you would save money so I think it's really important but it's a pretty important skill for everyone to know no I think so too like I feel like it literally should be taught in schools and I know it was at some point a thing that people learned but like I don't know why they stopped because even just like learning how to freaking sew a button for when it falls off your shirt or whatever it's like easy fixes will save you so much money and like so much time where it's like you don't have to go to a tailor to get things tailored because like I mean it's not that expensive but like you know it could add up and you know you can save your money that way or like making things fit like a little bit better if they're store-bought like I don't know there's a lot yeah, and that way you don't have to play the game of chance when you buy a pe- when you buy a dress. You know, like, well, this right. fits exactly the way I want to, and most likely it doesn't because yep, <laughs> the the way sizing works is that it's not catered to any one particular person, or it is catered to one particular person. Right, it fits that one size literally. So, you know, like when you are able to mend your own clothes, you feel the sense of pride that you some you half made it. You know, you made yeah. it to fit yourself, and you feel more inclined to keep it rather than throw it out you know earlier yeah then you should probably throw it out or you know get rid of it yeah I think it's pretty important it is especially if you are short and you need to hem everything oh my gosh that's <laughs> me I'm five like foot. I feel like I hem I'm not <laughs> even like that short. I'm like five two or five three but like I feel like dresses just hit me at a weird length where it's like a, just like an inch too long and I'm like I just yep. wanted it a little tiny bit shorter just a little bit you know exactly <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, thankfully my mom was able to do that for me when I was younger. Right. But now that I've moved out and I'm on my own, I'm like, I got to learn these things. Yeah. It's kind of like learning how to cook for yourself. Yes. Now it's like basic things. Like I can't buy something without worrying like about going home to ask my mom to help me. Now right. I can do it on my own. So <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> that's so funny. Line. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, So I want to talk about pop-up shops with you because you've done a yeah. lot um, from what I can tell. And I just like recently started doing a few and I've had a mm-hmm. lot of people ask me about pop-up shops and I'm like, I just feel like I'm not like, I haven't done enough to like give a whole episode on my own about them, but I'm like, you know what? 
you've got you've got experience <laughs> you've done a yeah. lot so I want to you know I want to hear it from you what did you always do pop-up shops like from the beginning or when did you start doing them no I started last year so okay. kind of recently but as soon as I did my first one I was like I need to do more of these I've been yeah. obsessed <laughs> like if you look at I have a new YouTube channel like I mm -hmm. recently started posting a little more consistently that's because I wanted to show people all these pop-up shops right. I was obsessed with the experience it's so fun um but it's a whole different thing than selling online oh yeah so you get to create your entire booth setup and how you want to display your clothes and make it look eye-catching so people come and you mm -hmm. know become interested in what you have to sell and then you also have to speak up for yourself so I kind of learned how yes. to have to be proud of what I'm selling and convince people like you you do want this yeah <laughs> it is better than alternatives like you know fast fashion brands and things like that and the reasons why and speaking in a way where people kind of understand where I'm coming from and I didn't really have that before I would you know write up little descriptions on my website you know why sustainability is important why my brand is different but being able to speak about it and have a conversation with someone who doesn't fully you know understand the sustainability movement or you know why it matters is like a whole different skill that I learned oh, yeah. and I you know it's it's so important to I think be able to speak about your brand in, in that way so I really loved every experience I've had it's also really cool because you see live criticism happening <laughs> like yes you your do your products <laughs> so someone will come up and like they don't think you can hear but mm -hmm. you can <laughs> yes. so they'll say you know positive or negative things and even when you ask people for reviews online they, they sometimes won't give it to you straight because they either want to be nice or they want right. to be, you know, super mean for whatever reason. So, mm -hmm. you know, hearing it live is, you know, so helpful. I've heard someone say like, oh, this scrunchie is way too loose or something like that. And I was like, well, I guess that's a good point. I've only been sizing right. my wrist. I didn't consider, you know, other sizes. Maybe I should like look into that. Literally yeah. Something, like I thought about before. And then other people would go up to my rack and be like, why are there only like a couple sizes? And I'd be like, oh, it's because I hand make everything and I only had enough time. And they're like, you handmade all of this? So, you know, yeah. you like that kind of interaction where you kind of experience people realizing people can make clothes and it can look just as cool as, you know, trendy clothes out there, but have mm -hmm. a purpose behind it. So it's just, it's so fun. I think you should, I, I think I know you did like one or two, but yes. you should definitely do more in different environments. Yeah. There's so many different types of people in different cities, different states. So it's so mm -hmm. cool to see how different people react to what you make. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I did. So I did a couple like back to back um, this past month and I did one at Indiana University. So it was like college kids. Um, and that one was interesting because it's like college kids are, kind of my demographic like it's mm -hmm. like college kids are like recent grads like you know early mid-20s tends to be my like main target range yeah. and it's like fine and, and they, they get it and it's good but like they don't have the money usually right so it was like right. I knew going into it like the reality was like, was probably not going to sell very much at all besides maybe like scrunchies or something like that because yeah that's like the most that college kids could probably afford but like, see, like that was fun because it was like, I could see everybody's reactions be like, oh my God, this is so cute or whatever. But it's also like the first pop-up I did. And like, like you said, you have to learn how to like pitch yourself almost, mm -hmm. which I was not doing correctly. <laughs> like it took me, I think like an hour and a half into the pop-up to like actually be like actively like getting people to come to me. Whereas yeah, like yeah. you kind of expect people to come up to your booth, but then sometimes people don't and you have to be like, 
hey how are you doing (laughs) and like trying to get them in and like as an introvert like that is so hard (laughs) it is it's hard and it's also like is my stuff actually that good where I think I should tell you to buy it you like I know (laughs) and I've also realized the quality of the stuff I bring to pop-ups is a little bit better than the normal (laughs) stuff that I make because I know like people will see it and I'm gonna see them seeing it and I don't want to be embarrassed so yeah you know I I feel that I've worked extra hard on the products that I make and like quality assurance has been like the number one thing I think about when doing Mm -hmm. these pop-ups because I want people to actually take a look and be like this is very well made and I want to see that happen right um but yeah overall so so cool I also do pop-ups that are part of overall markets like kind of like farmers markets except you know for artisans Mm -hmm. I do a lot of those here where I live we have a ton of those that's so nice and it's it's so nice to meet other people who do Mm -hmm. things like this um some this one guy I um had at a booth next to mine he made his own cutting boards which is entirely different than what I do but he was talking to me about like you know like taxes to be as a small business and like little things here and there and I learned so much from them um, so just like, participating in like the small business community is, mm-hmm. you know, so helpful. So yeah, I definitely recommend to any person, even if you're a hobbyist, just go and Honestly, try to yeah. do it. It's, it's a, such a cool experience. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people that do those are people that do it like as a side thing, usually mm-hmm. anyway. Like, I don't think that, I mean, there are a lot that do it full time, but also I feel like there's a lot of people that just like genuinely like to do something for funsies outside of right. work. No, exactly. Yeah. And like, Uh, another reason why I created my brand is because I was just making too many things and like holding (laughs) on to too many things and I wanted to experiment making different sizes or things that I personally don't like but I wanted to you know try out right style so I just needed to eventually (laughs) give it to someone else's hands and I think that's you know a lot of artisans in general you just like love the act of making things right you know there's no point in you hoarding all of it so like share it with everyone right right And I feel like you also have an advantage doing it like as a side thing where it's like probably still fun for you and you're like not relying on it (laughs) as like your sole income is probably so liberating. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I think about a lot that Mm. um, sometimes people think that in order to have, um, you know, a hobby, you have to monetize it. Right. um, Because otherwise it's not worth your time, which I entirely disagree with just because, you know, I don't, I don't make too much money off of my side hustle you know this right like it's it's hard to make money off of a clothing brand like that exactly um my my goal is to just not lose money from exactly (laughs) you know kind of break even but I you know I really encourage people to go and do whatever it is they want to do it's not a waste of time if you enjoy doing it right Um, you don't you don't have to force yourself to make it so legit where you get to quit your job and do that full time you know sometimes you just need something on the side to Mm -hmm. you know fill up some time (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Like sometimes I, I wish I had something on the side to fill up my time. Cause I'm like, like, I love what I do, but there are days where I'm mm-hmm. like, I wish I didn't have to rely on just this because like it gets so much more stressful and it takes like the fun out of it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm trying to find that balance too, where I'm deciding if I want to grow this any further right. <laughs> or if I want to keep it just as a hobby. And I've noticed that you know, people really like my stuff and mm-hmm. I'm feeding off of that energy. And I'm like, yeah. okay, then you should check out my next collection, which I don't even have planned yet, but Me? I'm pitching it already <laughs> because I'm just so excited that they like yeah. my stuff. And I'm trying to learn how to calm myself down and just take the compliment 
be mm-hmm. like, they're always going to love that one thing that they said. They don't, they didn't ask for more. I'm the person who's, you know, yeah. offering them more. So just trying to balance that. And for you, it's probably tough because whether you like it or not, you probably have to offer them more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's just, it's different depending on how you want to take the business or the hobby or whatever it is. And you right. decide what's best for you. Right. Would you ever like, have you considered doing it full-time ever or is it something that you like know that you're always going to do as a side thing because like obviously like we met because of like the fun little runway show that we did so it's like you know that's like a bigger event a bigger investment into a brand but it's like I don't know just like would you ever do it full-time or or what's the vibe I'm sure you've (laughs) thought about it a lot but I I always think about this Mm -hmm. I I would if it wasn't specifically selling clothes because as you know it takes too much time to oh, make yeah. one article of clothing uh for a little return yep. Yep. um so I would need to learn how to scale it I would love for my YouTube channel to take off because I feel mm. like that kind of stuff um is kind of just stuff that you can put out there and then you leave it yep. and that can be a source of income literally versus yeah. this one dress once it's made I get paid for it and then that's that um so I would need to learn how to scale it I'm not sure um as I said as a software engineer it's um more of like a comfortable um career I feel like oh for sure you know what to expect and yeah um I'm pretty good at it too and I enjoy doing it's what I studied in school so it's also Mm -hmm. hard to let that go yeah and pursue like a passion project I guess I'm also still kind of young and right I don't know if I'm ready to like take that risk yet especially with you know where I want the rest of my life to go so still deciding I will let you know (laughs) no that's fair that's fair I feel like there's pros and cons to both like ends of it like I think that I don't know keeping like your normal nine to five you know allows you the stability to then be able to always continue it whereas like if you go full-time with like your brand then there is no stability and that can get really stressful but it's like I don't know there's pros and cons to both so I'm always just curious (laughs) yeah and this is like a little story, but I actually mm-hmm. entered college studying music because really? that was my passion in high school throughout my life. Just Wait, that's so cool. <laughs> it's kind of random, but it is very quickly. My freshman year, I switched out of my music degree into mm-hmm. a software engineering, like a computer science degree because music was my passion at the time and it turned into work and I was yeah. forced to compose songs. I was forced to play the instrument that I love. It wasn't on my terms anymore. So yeah. I already know I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> and I think not too many people are are good at doing what you do, which is, you know, taking your passion and monetizing yeah. it and, you know, not growing to hate it. <laughs> you know so what? I... Let's not speak too soon, but like, <laughs> no, just kidding. I love it. But yeah, it, yeah. it is really hard. It's like a very, very fine line. Yeah. But, but yeah. I'm glad I made that distinction early on because now I love music. What if I, you know, yeah. with that and ended up like hating that entire part of my life? So, you know, um, my nine to five work is something that I like. I'm not, you know, the most passionate person about it, but I'm good Mm -hmm. at it and I like it. Um, I don't hate it because I have this side hustle that, you know, fulfills me in that same way. Yeah, no, I think that's such a good way to go about it. It seems like a much healthier (laughs) mindset. (laughs) (laughs) No, but sometimes, you know, if you have a dream, which is, you know, have a passion brain, you got to right. grind at it. You got to make it like your full thing and, you know, yeah. not have, you, you got to have blinders and just, you know, go straight for it. So it's you true. Know, every person's different. It is true. That is true. I feel like I like that perspective because I don't think I've had anybody on the podcast that has that like nine to five and then doing it as a side thing yet. 
but I feel like that's good for people to know that that's like a thing that you can do and it's like totally fine yeah and I feel like when you see all these like on TikTok when all these brands blow up like especially during quarantine oh my god yeah everyone had their side hustles blow up everyone's like oh that's how it should be you have a you have a hobby it blows up you quit your job and then you do that full time but that's like it's not that easy (laughs) Yeah. yeah and you know, it's, it's somewhat good to have two different lives because it keeps yeah. it exciting. You know, after I'm done making all my clothes and my hands hurt, my back hurts, I right. can go to my office and collaborate with my other software engineer friends and be all nerdy and whatever. And then come right. back here and be creative. So it's, you know, uh, a little bit of the best of both worlds. <laughs> it is. No, that's a really good balance to have. I, I think that was, that's smart on your end. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I have a certain balance because like I do like YouTube and this, so it's like, I can kind of switch between both, which is nice because if it was just my brand and I did nothing else, I think I would go start crazy. Like I need to be able to switch between things. Like there's a reason why all these fast fashion companies have millions and millions of people working for them, sewing, you know, in, in a way where they're doing it all day but like they still have a lot of people doing it because that's how you scale things and we can't do mm-hmm. that. So we end up getting tired. Exactly. Um, yeah. Hopefully people value the things that you make more because they know how committed you are to this. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm hoping. But no, people are, I feel like really nice about it. So we were talking about like criticisms and stuff earlier at pop-up shops. Um, do you have like any like horror stories from pop shops like have people ever like said anything really like rude or like weird or like have you gotten any weird comments about sustainability ever I yes I me too (laughs) (laughs) well I've gotten some people who are a little older than us who you know it's it's like a very new concept to them I think or to to a lot of them where I'll say like a scrunchie is eight dollars which you know I get is expensive compared to you know, an Amazon $1 scrunchie, mm-hmm. but, you know, I go and explain it's um, thrifted fabric or it was fabric that would have otherwise been thrown out and then the landfills, which are overflowing and, mm-hmm. you know, like give all the stats and everything. Um, but there's really nothing you can do to, to convince someone like that. So I kind of just pick and choose my battles yep. <laughs> and focus on my target audience, which is not someone like them <laughs> and someone who, you know, is kind of open to hearing about, you know, why things like this are important. And, mm-hmm. you know, I do my best. I'm always polite and everything. Um, another weird comment, which isn't, you know, doesn't really have much to do with sustainability, but I, I've heard people say that my clothes look like, like children's clothes because of, I use I've a lot of pastels. That too. I use yep. a lot of bright colors, pastels and yep. like cutesy. It's, it was trendy at the time. So I would yeah. make these like baby doll <laughs> dresses. No, same. And like, I love them. <laughs> No, no, baby doll dresses and like very flowy, um, like I don't even know how to describe it. It's a very flowy skirt. Yeah. And I get that children wear that, but I also know that like I also wear it. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of my peers, but I've heard a lot of um, like parents say, "Oh no, that's that's like for a child," and then her friend will be like, "No, th- I think that's for an adult." I'm like, oh, it looks like it's for like an infant. I'm like. I don't know. I think, I think it's okay. But that, that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, that's funny because I never thought of it that way. It's funny that yeah. you think that way, but there's nothing I can do to convince you. And 
you know, there's a, there's an audience who does understand. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. I feel like I get that a lot whenever I make like anything that's like smocked or like shirt or whatever, yes. or like exactly also it like yeah. shrinks the fabric a lot. So it looks yep. like a child, like it looks like a baby, like clothes. Yeah. <laughs> like people are always like, uh, I'm not supposed to fit an adult. I'm like, I promise it stretches. Like it will fit, but no, I it's know. so funny. Yeah, but I mean, I know they would do. They're not doing that to hurt me. They would do that to any right. other, in any other store. Like if they they walk in Forever Twenty One and saw oh, the same totally. thing, they say this. You know, they'd say the same comment. But I guess it hurts a little bit because I'm like, <laughs> I put my blood, sweat, and tears into that, and I think it's perfect. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, you, know, you have to remember, not everyone feels the same. So no, okay. I feel that. I feel that it happens, but that's okay. I also have gotten. I got one weird sustainable like comment from somebody who is like also older and it wasn't even like rude like it was kind of rude but it wasn't like mean it was weird because like she so I did a pop-up shop with a friend of mine who has like a she like sells like thrifted store like thrifted stuff so it was like my stuff and like her stuff so it was like you know best of both worlds like the new sustainable stuff and you know thrifted stuff and it was at a like a local coffee shop so we just there was a lot of like foot traffic because it was the weekend and like people just you know come in and get their coffee and this like older woman comes in with her like daughter who's probably in her like mid 30s, maybe late 30s, whatever. Okay. And like the mom just goes, like comes in and she's like, What's sustainable fashion? And like with like that kind of like disgusted <laughs> look on her face. Cause we had like a sign yeah. that said like sustainable fashion pop up or whatever. Yeah. And so I like go in and like try to explain it. I'm like, oh, it just means that like, you know, we use like repurposed things and there's like zero waste and like kind of went through it very mm-hmm. vaguely without getting too, too in depth um, into it. And she just like the entire time I was talking was like, like just like gave me one of those like disgusted faces but then she like bought something so it's not that she was like weirdly thrown off by like it was the weirdest experience ever I was like what the fringe like I was expecting her to just be one of those that like doesn't believe in sustainability or whatever but then she ended up like buying stuff and I was like okay so you like are we connecting like I don't don't understand that's so strange yeah I feel like I, I haven't had that many interactions like that. And I think it has to do with where I live. I'm in a very progressive area. Totally. And I am I've not very <laughs> gratefully been around a lot of people who somewhat think the same as me, like yeah. in terms of the environment and, you know, being purposeful with what you buy and things mm-hmm. like that. So thankfully I, I haven't, you know, encountered that. I mean, in my life, I haven't really been to too many areas in the country, mm-hmm. in the world yeah you know isn't super similar to where I live which is unfortunate I would love to like get to know other people's opinions and everything right you know as (laughs) as like a 22 year old starting my business if I got that comment I would probably just cry like that would be (laughs) too much I I would I would be like I guess I don't even know sustainability is real you're right sorry (laughs) yeah but it's it's funny though because like your environment like says so much like it's like I did the pop-up at Indiana University which like it's still in Indiana Indiana is like very conservative but it's like having done it at a college town, you could tell the vibes were so different than having yeah. done it here, like in the suburbs of Indiana. I'm like so yeah. completely different of like the people that like get it and like understand it and like don't question it versus the people that just gave me weird looks and were like, what the frick is this girl talking about? <laughs> no, yeah, it's true. And that's why it's so good that we have e-commerce now and we can sell yeah. to literally anyone 
anywhere and <laughs> thank god social media <laughs> where like the algorithm is literally on your side and at times you know to oh, yeah. find people who want to listen to you and you know have the same beliefs so yeah. that's very easy it would be so tough if you were from the middle of nowhere and you know you you thought you were into fashion but yeah. no one supported you so you might have given up your dream but nowadays you know it, it's a lot easier for people like that I think no, I think so too. I feel like if without the internet, I literally would not be able to do what I do because absolutely nobody would buy anything from me here. <laughs> I mean, like, sure, there would be like maybe a couple of people, but it like would be so much harder to market myself than yeah. it is in like a just a more progressive city. <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah. And I'm so grateful to be here. Yeah. No, yeah. that's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you should just move to New Jersey. Listen, it's not like I'm in the midst of moving to LA for that reason, but <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. either coast, either coast is a good place to be for stuff like this. Yeah. The middle of nowhere is not, not ideal. It's not the worst. I do enjoy it here. It just, yeah. you know, it's not a place to grow a fashion career, unfortunately. I get it. But yeah, another thing I've been encountering is lack mm-hmm. of space. And, you know, I don't know yes. how much I want to invest in this because yes. at a certain point, you need not just one desk, but like a series of desks, a series of machines, yep. a whole ton of storage for fabric and yep. all this. And I'm like, you know, if I'm really going to commit to this, I should go all out or I should like cut back because mm-hmm. I also feel like I'm being wasteful if I just, you know, afford all these things. Right. So yeah. It's, no, that's um, very so, real. I mean, you have a ton of space where you are now, which is such a perk. Which but, is you know. such a perk, but I'm moving <laughs> into a one-bedroom apartment in LA. Yeah, yeah. And I'm having, like, I'm having that gosh. problem where it's like, I, well, A, I need to downsize so much. Yeah. But B, it's like, I am not going to have the same setup that I have here. Like, I do not have oh, that yeah. privilege over there. But it's like, I can't afford two rents yet either. So it's like, it's going to be a weird transition trying to figure out like the best way to go about it all because it is so hard to find the proper space. Like I hate that sewing takes up so much space. Yeah, no, I agree. And I feel like you'll get very creative with it and it'll be entertaining for people to watch. Right. I have one video up of me in my childhood bedroom trying Mm -hmm. to arrange, it was like a 12 by 12 12 foot by 12 foot mm-hmm. childhood bedroom in my parents right. house and I had a queen bed because um like I had mm-hmm. it in college so I brought it back to my parents house during the nice. COVID times and everything mm-hmm. but it took up the whole room like yeah literally <laughs> and that's around when I started my business so I had like my sewing machine on the foot of my bed like there was um like a little ledge at the foot <laughs> yeah. of the bed I swear for maybe two years that's where I sewed that is so funny standing up I was standing up (laughs) and like would sew like onto my bed all the stuff that I was done with I throw onto my bed and I could never tell the difference between like clothes that I'm supposed to wear and clothes I'm working on and like stuff like that yeah I got very creative with it and I like posted a video on like how I do it and like all the comments were like that's incredible like the reason why (laughs) I haven't like started my candle making business because like I never thought I have enough room like you showed me how much space you have under your bed. <laughs> like, it's so yeah, true it's though. True. You get so creative like when you have constraints. So you'll exactly. figure it out. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I think it'll be fun to figure it out, but also it's just <laughs> going to be sad. It's like funny because I just keep downsizing because at my parents' house, when I like moved back in with them after college, because it was also pandemic times, like mm-hmm. we had this like random bonus room in our house that was like kind of the size of two rooms. Like it was a really big room and it was like my brother and I's like playroom growing up. Uh-huh. But obviously like, it's not a playroom anymore yeah and so I took over and had my whole sewing setup and it was literally like it's a huge room it's like two in one it's like bigger than the master bedroom like it was really random 
Yeah. But I was like so privileged to have that room and like so much space. And then I moved in here and it's like, okay, now we're in like one smaller bedroom, but it's still a big bedroom and it all fits. And now I'm like moving again and it's like, okay, now an even smaller, it's going to be like living room plus sewing studio space. Like, no, yeah. Just keep going down. It's so good (laughs) that you're like sharing this though, because it's so realistic. Yeah. People will think that you know, you start your business and it only goes up from there. But no. like sometimes you got to struggle somewhere <laughs> yeah. in the middle, like a lot Absolutely. <laughs> to get, you know, past that. Yeah. So, I mean, this is good that you're being honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. I am here for it. I'm like, I can't even like attempt to fake that I'm doing that. <laughs> like, it's just not like, no. <laughs> you just need some good windows. So your videos yes. will look okay. That is um, the one thing <laughs> when I was looking at apartments, I was like, I just need natural lighting. Like, yeah. I do not care about anything else that much, but like, please let there be good natural lighting because otherwise I will be depressed and my videos will look like trash. <laughs> it's so true. That's another thing with sewing. It's like an indoor activity. Yeah. You can't do it outside. No, you can't. You, like throw an extension cord out there. It's probably not so good. It's, I, I've been spending a lot of time inside and that's kind of draining because when yeah. the summertime comes, you want to like go and enjoy your time. Um, mm-hmm. but you're like, is my hobby worth staying inside? <laughs> I know it kills <laughs> so me. I'm like, that. Yeah, I'm like the sun's shining and you look outside your window and there's like people walking or whatever. I'm like, I wish I could be out there, but I can't. Yeah, I know. It's rough. It is rough. It is rough. But thank you so much for coming on today. It was so fun to have you. Of course. Thank you for having me. This was a dream. Like quite literally. Oh my gosh. Watch you. And I'd be like, oh, she's so cool. Like, you're younger than me, obviously. And then you meet me and you're like, oh, wait, she's actually not that cool. (laughs) No, you're so cool and so nice. I mean, it's so, it's so crazy. Uh, Yeah, I I guess about that Joshua Tree thing that we did. Yeah. It was just so crazy that everyone was so supportive. Like, I tell everyone, like, all the other designers who were there was so cool. Um, some, I think you were the only one doing it full time. And we were all like complaining about how we have to get back to work the next day. I know. And I'm just like, <laughs> it was just so cool to find people who I related to because I, I didn't know anyone like uh, Kate and Sarah and Micah. Right. So, yeah, that was really fun. And I'm very glad I got to meet everyone in person. Yes. But yeah, no, for real. So happy to be here. No, me too. <laughs> me too. Happy, happy to have you on. Um, shout yourself out. Plug yourself. Well, where can people find yes, you? Yes, of course. Well, my website is Monica's Collective.com and all my social media is Monica's Collective. I mainly post on Instagram and sometimes TikTok. I'm trying. I'm really working on that. <laughs> yes. Um, and I do have a YouTube channel under my um, personal name, Monica Rezac. So you can find me there. Yes. I'll have it all linked down below. So uh, go check it out. And I will see you guys in the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.